0: This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio.
1: And on tunein.com, hing.fm, and upsnap mobile.
0: Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Carpe
1: Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald.
0: My mama told me when I was young, we're all superstars.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to my show, Carpe Diem. I am your host, Lisa McDonald, and I hail from Dundas, Ontario, Canada. Once again, very grateful to have you joining me this Friday, lovely morning. So thank you for those who are joining for the first time, and thank you for those who are returning. Wonderful. So I'm very excited about today's show. Uh, I have a lovely person joining me today for the hour. Very honored to be joined today by my friend and guest, Dove Barron. So just a little bit of an intro on Dove before we speak to him. So Dove speaks internationally and is the leading authority on authentic leadership and creating a corporate culture of a fiercely loyal leaders. Uh, Dove was named by Inc. Magazine as one of the top 100 great leadership speakers and actually ranked number six on that wonderful list. The company that he was ranked with uh, includes such names as Richard Branson, Bren Brown, and Marshall Goldsmith, just to name a few. And I am very fortunate that I had the opportunity to meet with Dove uh, last year, 2014, and, uh, met him out in Vancouver, which is where he now lives, although he hails from England, UK. And, uh, had gone out to see one of my passion test sisters, who I had as my guest on my show last week, last Friday, Gina Best, who also hails from Vancouver. And Gina was actually one of Dove's, uh, students with the uh, Academy for Authentic Leadership. And so I'll be touching a little bit on Gina because I do have a question that never got answered in my interview uh, with Gina last week. Uh, But a few things that I'd like to say about Dove, uh, amongst being obviously an international speaker and uh, well-renowned, Dove has authored many books, uh, titles including Don't Read This, Uh, Your Ego Won't Like It, Don't Read This Unless You Want More Money, Getting what you want to want you, The Secret Beyond the Law of Attraction, uh Five Foundations for Building Wealth from the Inside Out, What the Bleep Does It Mean, as well as editor on the book Seven Chabad Lubavitch Reb, which is authored by Chain Delphin. So if I've mispronounced any of that last one, Dove, please correct me. (laughs) Uh, I think I did. Uh, and so, of course, Dove's most recent book, which is titled Fiercely Loyal, which has received a lot of buzz as of recent, and uh, wonderful news that it's uh, to date. I mean, it was only released, was it latter part of uh, February, Dove? Uh, Feb
0: 17.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. And to date, from what I understand, it's received 11 five-star reviews. Uh, so that mm-hmm. is just fantastic, off the hook. So congratulations on all your ongoing success, and I just want to welcome you to my
0: show. Thank you very much, Lisa. I appreciate you having me on the show. It's it's an honor to be here, and I'm really looking forward to this chat. I'm sure we're going to enlighten and bring people up and do all kinds of things and stir the pot a little bit. Uh,
1: Well, (laughs) of course. I I would expect nothing less with you. Uh, so, th- I'll just say quickly, and we can jump all over the place, but uh, some things that I really do want to mention and, and uh, talk to you about in today's show is, um, so a few things, is uh, Dean Radden, scientist of quantum physics, I'd like to talk about that, your C-suite mm-hmm. network, uh, mm-hmm. President's Award regarding Gina Best,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, I'd like to talk about June 1990 and some fuck it moments. Certainly. So... Yes, so why don't we, maybe June 1990 might be a good place to start because I have a feeling that that could have been the introduction to perhaps maybe some of the fuck it moments or what uh, put you on the path of your journey. Perhaps some of it dated prior to 1990, but I'd love to hear a little bit of an intro and bio about you before we get into your current book and what's happening with that.
0: Absolutely, thanks for asking. <clears throat> well, June 1990 certainly was a uh, a moment that turned things around, and for I you know, this, I gotta say, first of all, to start off, that it's it's pretty cool being back here at my alma mater because this is where I started my radio show.
1: I know quite a few Wonderful. years ago,
0: and so wow. it's really cool. It's really cool to be back here, and uh, maybe even some of the people listening maybe have heard my show, but. And I talk about it on that show that June 1990 was a turnaround moment. Now, just to be clear here, Lisa's talking about a kind of moment because um, in my in my own presentations, one of the things I talk about is I, um, I don't give a shit about aha moments. I, as Some of you who do know me would know that I had a personal development company for 30 years, and one of the reasons, not the reason, but one of the reasons that I, I shut it down was because I got really fed up of people having these wonderful, amazing, enlightening aha moments. And here's what I found out about that, is that when people have an aha moment, bugger all changes. Nothing changes, except that they had the moment and they get to brag about it for a while and look really important and look really enlightened, because now they understand this. But they never made a bloody change. Nothing happened. And it's the change that matters, not the aha. It's what you do with it. So what I talk about a lot is the need for what I call a fuck it moment, which is very different (laughs) than an aha moment, because it's that moment when you go, fuck it, I can't stay like this anymore, something has to change, i got to do something else. And June 1990 was the birth of that moment for me, because prior to that, I'd been an international speaker, I'd spoken in so many places, and across Australia, Canada, US, I'd done, I had all kinds of success, and then... June 1990, I went free climbing because I was a lunatic or otherwise known as an <laughs> adrenaline junkie. And um, on that particular day, I was I went climbing behind a waterfall, got completely soaking wet, was with a buddy, and uh, decided instead of going up the hike, which is how we got down, I said, why don't we climb the face of the cliff? And that's what we did, soaking wet with no gear, and began to climb. And about halfway up, I looked back at my buddy and said, You don't have to come this way. This is the hard way. Damn, I should have been listening to myself. But I didn't, of course, because Mm -hmm. we always give our wisdom to everybody else that we actually need. So I Mm -hmm. continued to climb, and at about 120 feet, I reached for a rock that dislodged a bigger rock, and bam, hit me in the face and knocked me down, was approximately 120 feet, got me smashed to pieces. And and by the way, I did land on boulders, not not even small rocks or, or grass, but actual boulders. Wow. Smashed me to pieces and destroyed everything that I had as, you know, at a physical level I was destroyed. But I, I always say I landed a hundred, I fell a hundred and twenty feet and landed on my face, but the truth is I fell a hundred and twenty feet from a self-imposed pedestal and landed on my ego. And it was a fuck it moment. Now when I say a fuck it moment in that it took about a year and a half for that to come home to me, for me to really realize what I was. Because when we're faced with dramatic trick that change, I think that one of the things that we do by human nature is go, I just want to get back. I just want to get back to where I was. There is no back, kids. I certainly know there was no back for me. There's only forward. There's And forward or down, meaning you go into a dark depression, and I did go into a dark depression, but from that... The turnaround was the fucking moment of like, I can't bear this anymore. I can't live looking backwards. I can't live feeling sorry for myself, being a victim of a circumstance. I have to choose to empower myself. And it was from there that it all turned around. And that was the birth of really looking at what authenticity is. Because prior to that, if I'd have asked, if somebody had asked me, are you authentic? Or if somebody had even assumed that I wasn't, I would have been furious. But it really did wake me out from that. And I think that that is often what it takes. It takes a devastating moment. Could be a divorce, could be a terrible diagnosis, but that moment is when we wake up and change. So that's what it all started for me.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm really, uh, really happy that, uh, you got through that and you're here today and that we're able to talk and that i actually had the privilege of meeting you.
0: And, uh, Not as, I am, I can tell you that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's that?
0: I said, you're not as happy as I am about it. I can tell you that.
1: Well, I bet. I bet. Nobody would be happier, of course. So, um, so when you went through your healing process, Dove, how did everything start to manifest and unfold for you in your journey? What, you know, what was the revelation in going forward with how you wanted to launch your life, how you wanted to build yourself, create yourself, uh, and really embrace that moment that you had of the fuck it moment that put you on the path for that?
0: Well, as I said, it, It's, I think that these things are not as, you know, we like to romanticize that the lightning bolt, you know, happens and then suddenly everything is transformed. Yeah, that's true in movies. It's not true in life. True. In life, it takes a bit longer um, and we have egos and our egos are, are lovely, stubborn things that often want to keep things exactly the same. So mm-hmm. that 18 months was a real turnaround period because I I had to allow myself to go into that dark depression and I did a ton of therapy and I was doing all kinds of things. The, the moment came in this, as I said, in this moment where I just went, oh my God, I get it. There is no back. I can't mm-hmm. go back. I can't wave the magic wand, you know, for some people like I can't wave the magic wand and make that marriage that I'm in or that I've been in perfect, it isn't the person Mm -hmm. I'm with, is doesn't work I gotta walk away or I can't wave the magic wand and not have cancer or not have a heart attack or whatever Like, so it's that moment where you realize you can't go back, you have to change something forward and Mm -hmm. it was in that moment that I realized I wasn't authentic and here's here's how it came about it was the realization that what i was it what i was doing is why was i doing what i was doing so i had a great story you know in, inside my own head about why i was doing what i was doing but when i really deeply self-examined i had to realize that i remember i was already a speaker i was already writing books i was already uh, working one on one as a mentor mm-hmm. so i I oh, go, I'm looking to still move forward, but I'd already sat down and said, I can't. I can't go forward. So I, re- I had to really dig in and go, why was I doing that? And that's a hard question. really tell you the truth, why are you doing what you're doing? And I realized that what I was doing, I was doing it for other people. Okay. And the, the the turnaround was to come back to true authenticity, was if what's my purpose? And this is the stuff I do with companies. Like, what is your purpose? What is the real driving force of why you're doing it not the bullshit you tell yourself Mm -hmm. but what's the truth and it was that moment when i had to go oh i really 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 have been screwed up because i've been doing it from the wrong place and then once i started to change that then it became all about authenticity and that was the the turnaround to this has to come from an authentic place
1: fantastic absolutely fantastic so Within that realization and and that catapulting you into the you know in your journey and going forward and reevaluating things and reassessing things, have you still found yourself uh you know at different times in your journey um, having other moments of reflection, having to go deep and and reevaluate if you're truly a hundred percent still in that moment of the fuck it moment that brought you to the realization. I mean, is there has there been anything else in your path that's brought you to that reevaluation period of needing to ask yourself that question? Or are you are are you really where you need to be, want to be, and it's all all aligned for you?
0: No, since since I fell, I've actually been able to walk on water, and I now can turn water into wine. <laughs> 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 well, and that's the crap that people believe. They actually believe that nonsense. That you, you suddenly are there. There is no there, kids. Get over it. There is no there. I, I, actually I've been on my path since I was seven. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I'm 41 now. Oh, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been on the path since I was seven and actively on the path, meaning, you know, doing things to learn rather than it being an awakening in myself, but actually doing things to uh, traveling and studying and all those things since I was 19. That's a long time. Mm -hmm. I'm now 57 years old. It's a long time. And there is no there. There's a constant process of checking in with oneself and saying, am I still coming at things from this, from my, from my authentic core of who I truly am? Mm hmm. And I, and this is the nonsense that people believe, and then they go and hang out with these people thinking that they're freaking gurus. Right. You know, and anybody, by the way, if anybody tells you they're enlightened, here's – I've got a recommendation for you. Put your running shoes on and go in the other direction. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I just I'm – I'm really – it's really refreshing to hear you say that because I think there's a lot of people out there who would look upon someone such as yourself who, you know, holds your stature, um, has accomplished many amazing, phenomenal things and continues to maintain that momentum of, of accomplishment. And, uh, you know, the testimonials that you continually get from people, what I've viewed in YouTube videos, uh, what I see on your Facebook page, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I think it's really refreshing and I really appreciate you uh, bottom lining that and making that abundantly clear because um, there would be a lot of false conception out there and there would be a lot of uh, speculation uh, as to thinking that for somebody who's aspired to be where you are today and how people regard you, um, that it is always the way it is uh, since your fuck it moment and that you are walking on water. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, I appreciate you saying that, Dove. Thank you for keeping that real, because uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there who would just look at the optics of your life and uh, yeah. and just and just assume that everything is, you know, kosher and that there aren't any other hiccups or. Well, there's, uh,
0: there's, oh, life is full. If, if your life isn't full of challenges, you're fucking dead. That's part absolutely. of the process. So yeah, there are challenges and there are moments of great self-inquiry, you know, it's a constant process. It's not that you get there and then you, okay, well, I've arrived and I don't have to do anything. It's Mm -hmm. it's a constant, you know, you talked about my accomplishments. I'm very grateful and very honored for those and I'm very honored and grateful that, you know, CEOs and leaders in different areas, you know, even entrepreneurs and, and athletes and even Hollywood people that I work with, all those people, I'm very grateful that they hold me in that regard and that they respect what it is that I offer. Mm-hmm. but that doesn't but not for a minute does that make me better than anybody else it just That's means what? that i i have i have built my knowledge base and my my abilities in a certain area but listen don't ask me to fix your taxes because i you know you're you gonna <laughs> go bankrupt so people are, this is the other illusion right is that that somebody is has got it together has got it together in everything i have got it together in in areas of my life amazingly and i'm blessed and 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 I've been enormously challenged to do that. Mm-hmm. However, I've not stopped the journey. And this is the thing you got to get. And above and beyond that, there are areas in my life that I'm not very good at. In fact, I'm awful at. And I have, hopefully and usually, I have other people to take care of those. And when I don't, that's a challenge and i got to face it. Right. This is the thing, all of you, please get this. There is mm-hmm. no there. And I know you've heard it a million times. But you know all the people I know who've read it a million times. Are going to be, but well, when are you actually there? You're not. Get <laughs> used to it. You're not. You, right. You're going to be. And here's the thing: the moment you think you're there, that's when you're going to be dropped in the toilet and ready to flush. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were. I'll give you a quick story on this. We went on, on holiday. We go away at Christmas time, and we were going on holiday. And I was writing in my journal the week before, and I was writing about you know life is pretty fucking sweet. Like my life is so good right now. There's so many things about it. You know, and I'm married to this amazing woman, this powerhouse woman you you've I believe you've met Alisa. She yes. she rocks. She's fucking amazing, yeah. right?
1: Phenomenal woman. Phenomenal.
0: Yeah. Total power. And and we're we're away on holiday and everything's nice, you know. I'm I'm having a tequila as I do and I'm sitting sitting there and enjoying the sun and enjoying myself and relaxing and thinking about how life is pretty sweet. hmm and then I start talking about someone else, and my wife just challenges me on something. And right there, right there, I'm thrown all the way back and go, "Oh my god, I've gotten fucking complacent." Complacency is not okay. I've gotten complacent. I'm sitting on my laurels, and she really challenged me to look at something. And guess what? That caused me four weeks of turmoil. Three of those weeks, I was on fucking holiday. Like, come back and you're like, I need a holiday. <laughs> Like, thanks, love. <laughs> you screwed my holiday because now I'm back in the toilet. i got to really dig in and look at this. Guess what? That now f- forced me to make a choice, to make a challenge, put myself out in a completely different way. That's mm-hmm. what's cool. That's what's great. You're never there.
1: Love it. Thank you for sharing that. Love it. And, yeah, she is a powerhouse. You're very fortunate to have her in your life. I know you know that. I so, agree. um, yes, you do. So when I look, when I look at the titles and I look at how many books that you've authored to date, and we'll get to your more recent ones shortly, but, uh, can you tell me, Dove, so the, is the inspiration behind each of those books, does that come from a fuck it moment? Does that, what does that come from? Uh, you know, knowing it what it is you... Uh,
0: for me, I think, I think it comes from that. And, and a fuck it moment is most often a pain moment where the pain is too big and you just go, okay, I can't bear this anymore. Um, and the, but the pain can be, uh, different. So for me, the pain is, is also in the form of an inspiration that, um, I'm pissed off with something in the world and I want to awaken, uh, uh, somebody and I have the inspiration that comes out of pissosity. So, Uh, that's a technical word for those of you who are not familiar with it, you know studied deep levels of psychology, and you may not be familiar with that word <laughs> <Pithosophy>. <laughs> um, I learned it from the Greek god Pistophius. Uh, love so, it so um. It, it, it comes out of those, those moments, and sometimes it's a frustration of watching people struggle with something, the people that I care about, my, maybe my own students, and going, oh my god, somebody's gotta wake this up, somebody's gotta tell the truth about this. And sometimes it's the inspiration, as I said, of somebody coming to me and going, this is, okay, I don't understand this, do you understand? I, often they would come, can you explain to me what this means? So those were the ways that the books came about.
1: Fantastic. And how are all your books doing?
0: Uh, they're doing great. I mean, this books that I written wrote a long time ago that um, really, <laughs> to be honest with you, I've forgotten all about until somebody says, "Oh, I bought your book on Amazon." Oh, okay, great. Oh, right. my my distributor sends me a, sends me a check and says, "Oh, here's your check." and I go, "Oh, look at that book! That book's been selling." <laughs> I didn't, I've forgotten about that Perfect. book. I promoted it in years.
1: That's great. Well, I know that a lot of people, I because you know we share some mutual friends, obviously on Facebook, and I see uh, you know pictures being displayed. Uh, of your books and it being recommended and referred to other people uh, that, you know, would benefit from having that material in their hands. So I, I've seen a lot of coverage on your books and it's always nice to see because this would date back. Some of what I'm seeing would be like your first or second book. So that's phenomenal.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, recently I posted a picture on Facebook because I was my wife and I were cleaning out the garage and we found this box. And in this box is copies of my first novel that I wrote in ninety four. And I've wow. now got like 30 copies of that. And so I just took a picture of it because people had asked me about it. And I took a picture of it and said, if you want to order a copy, I've got about 30 copies of it. Because <laughs> people were going online looking for secondhand copies. And right. it's like the most horrible cover in the world. It looks so freaking amateur. And it's the reason I pulled it. The book, the book actually sold 3,000 copies when I brought wow. it out in 1994. 3,000 long before the internet. Um, it was selling, it sold 3,000 copies and all I did was walk it around. I, I mean, literally walked it around. I did what you, it's one of the things I love about you, Lisa. Like, you get, walk your book around, you're out there, getting your book in places. That's exactly what I did with that first novel. And so I had it in Save On Foods of all places. I had it in the weirdest places. <laughs> Cause I just walked around and said, listen, I got this book, it's a great book, you should read it. And they were like, well, no, we're not really. And I just was so on fire about it. I mean yes. it looked like crap and there's so many grammatical errors in it. But, <laughs> but there's a really great picture of me looking like um Louis the Thirteenth in the back with my long curly hair. <laughs> and maybe that's why people bought it, like to take make fun of that picture and throw doubts at it. Right.
1: <laughs> Well, I understand what you're saying. I mean, you you have to get out there. You you know, you've got to build your own m- momentum and you've got to keep the marketing going and you got to pump yourself because truly as you know, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. And, you know, whether your whether your product is a book, you know, whether it's the radio show, uh whatever it is that, you know, you're passionate about, you you truly have to get out there. And, you know, I love the social media aspect for carrying that along. And, you know, both you and I have been very fortunate that we've got lots of people who support what we do and are sharing yep. our stuff and making mention of it all the time. So it's been wonderful. And all the feedback that I've received from you, Dev, it's you know, I really appreciate it. So I wanna say thank you for that personally while I've got you here on the line. Well thank um, you. You're
0: very welcome. But you know, I want I wanna I wanna point out this what you just said is really important. And I want you to listen to what Lisa just said. Because Lisa is a living, breathing example of that you you don't get lazy. If you have something that you're passionate about, when Lisa's walking out there, she you know, she has people taking pictures with her book you know, and she's talking in little tiny bookstores and in bigger bookstores, and and then she'll go from a bigger bookstore to a little bookstore. She doesn't let her ego get in the way of getting that out there, getting her books out there. And if you you know, this is the other thing about you know this illusion of I'm there. People think that with with an author. No, 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 no. I walk my books around too. I do that. I introduce people to it. I carry copies in my car so that I can get out oh, there. Yeah. And it. You know. <laughs> Like, people are like, like, can I send you back to eat? No, sorry, (laughs) there's books there. this is the whole point. I mean, you you know, you're a great example of that, Lisa. And people need to understand that. Because here's here's the illusion around writing books. Writing the book is the easiest thing you'll ever do. Absolutely. Getting it out of your fucking garage and into people's hands, that's a whole different game. And most people go, oh, you know, I'm so excited I wrote my book. Who gives a shit? You wrote a book, nobody's gonna read it. And they go, I, guess I actually say this to people, and people get upset with me. I say, I promise you, nobody's going to read it. And they go, why? A, did you write it for anybody, or did you write it because you wanted to write something? If you wanted to write something, I'm all in favor of that. And you even wanted to get it printed. That's no problem. But you have to write books that people want. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is when you've written it, you are now responsible for marketing it. And you go, well, I don't know. That's not true for me because I've got a New York publisher. Bullshit. Publishers publish. You sell. You market. You got to get out there, and so what you're doing, Lisa, right now, shouldn't change. And I know it won't for you. Shouldn't change once you get a New York Times publisher doing it, because they'll only spend six weeks in a small budget on getting you out there. The rest of it's completely up to you. Doing Absolutely. things like this, being on your radio show, doing social media marketing, being on other people's radio shows, and walking it around. It's, you know, I, I love that about you, Lisa. I said that. I think that that's, you know you rock with that. You uh, you are a hustler, and I think it's fabulous.
1: Well, thank you, Dove. Especially coming from you. I really appreciate that. Um, now it's your turn to receive some platitudes here. I just you know like i said we had um we had Gina here on the show last Friday, and I know I said this to you when I had the the privilege and the honor of meeting you uh, out in Vancouver. Last year, when I came to see Gina, she invited me to come mm-hmm. see her final presentation at the symposium. And I just want to say, Dove, I mean, it, you know, it, it's one thing to hear other people rave about somebody that they, you know, they really admire and, uh, they really respect. But I got to see it firsthand because, of course, as you know, I met Gina for the first time in San Anselmo, California at Janet Bray Atwood's, uh, home where we received intensive training for the passion test. And, um, mm. Um, and when I saw the transition going on, the transformation for Gina between San Anselmo, California, and we're talking like a short period of time to even what she was posting and, you know, and your name being attached to that because you were her leader and all the work, and you grilled her, and you know, you you made her <laughs> dig deep, and you know, and we had a few laughs about it on my show last week, and you know, all the texts that she was sending you, and <laughs> oh yeah, uh, you know, uh, so many I,
0: hated hating dove oh, moments.
1: I'm sure, and you know what? That's and as Gina and I can both attest to, and what we spoke to, and and why you're so respected, uh and why she, you know why she says you're the only person who can truly see her is because you know when when you really care about somebody when you see somebody and recognize somebody's potential and you know when you really want to foster their growth and their development and they're receptive to that and they latch on and you know they go for it full throttle you know you're not doing any service to anybody as you know when you placate them and when you give them the false platitudes and the the high fives and the pats on the back The people who really love you, the people who really care about you, are really invested in your growth and development will be the people who will push you, challenge you, you know – push you to a point where you don't even know if this, you know, you want to have a relationship on any level with this person. And Mm -hmm. so when I saw, when I, you know, it was one thing to witness it coming back home from California and then Gina returned to her life in Vancouver and I returned to my life in Ontario. And so, you know, to, to see and use Facebook as a vehicle to see how well and how, exponentially she was growing as a result of being a student of yours. But when I saw what I saw on that stage in Vancouver at the symposium, I didn't, you know, I didn't even recognize Gina. Like it was Mm -hmm. phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, you know, and kudos to her and kudos to you because she obviously had to stick it out. But she told me about the contract that she signed in the beginning where it was non-negotiable. You can't quit, which is, that's the best kind of contract. I love that contract. Um, So I just want to say to you, Dev, you know, I, I wanted you on my show, uh, because I saw it firsthand. I, I saw the results of your work. I saw the results of how this has enriched Gina's life and the degree that she continues to go deep and the value that this has had on her life and for her in all her decision making and going forward um and so what you've done what you continue to do it works i've seen it and it's amazing it's such a gift and a blessing to see that unfold right before my eyes and uh and that brings me to cuz Gina didn't know the answer to this question you she had been nominated and and uh had been the recipient of what's called the President's President's Award.
0: Award. Yeah, Yeah,
1: and I asked Gina what constituted the criteria for somebody being, you know, granted that award and she didn't know. So could you kind of just tell me that so I can tell Gina?
0: (laughs) Yeah, we put all, we put all the names in a hat and then we draw one of them out. (laughs) (laughs) How's that for an anti-climax? No, the truth is that, um, there are several, um, ways uh, and things that are required for somebody to win that award and part of that is the the tenacity the willingness to keep going forward when the obstacles are thrown at that person and when i say that often those obstacles are certainly part of the program but also part of their own life So it, it includes serving others. So part of the way they win it is to serve others. And the the others that they're serving are both inside the program. So their peers, the people they're, 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 they're learning alongside, but also serving their community or serving, um, some other individual outside. So that's one of the categories in which Gina was amazing at. And then, as I said, the overcoming the obstacles, which was amazing with her because um, what she may have mentioned is during the program she, she lost her brother her brother died yeah, and she that she didn't let that get in the way of the program and it meant that she missed an entire boot camp which is a very important part of the, of the training she missed that and she caught up uh with everybody dug in dug deep and what's more on top of that was the willingness to To go to places and then really share what those places were and to do it on a consistent basis. Cause as you know, this is the authentic speaker academy for leadership. And so there are pieces to that is authentic is the first piece. Mm-hmm. And I think that most of the people who came in went, Oh, you know, I want to be, I want to be a better speaker or maybe I'd like to be a better leader, but they don't really understand the authentic because now it's a word that's thrown around. I was saying this on an interview last night. Um, out of New York that I was doing, and most people don't understand what authentic is. If you ask them if you're authentic, of course the answer is yes. But authenticity authenticity requires enormous amounts of self-vulnerability. You have to be vulnerable to yourself and vulnerable to others. And as you said, Gina was very raw. She went very deep, and she... Talked about things that had been buried for I think it was eighteen years or something, or fifteen years, 15, and yeah. facing yeah facing those 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 demons, looking into that dark place is what's awakened her, enormously, and that mm-hmm. she was always willing to go there. So she fulfilled all the all the categories, and I was, and I will say in fairness that the the there, it's usually at the end of the, that program, which is a seven month program, it's usually a bit of a battle between a couple of people, and it was again, but Gina definitely was very deserving of that award
1: mm-hmm. well, it's not about a...
0: the night, it's about what went on over seven months
1: right and and of course, you know, I was only able to glean a certain portion of that through Facebook, but what mm. I said to Gina when I spoke with her was... Another change that I had recognized in her transformation process throughout her journey was the rawness even in her posts and the fact that she went back and forth and she vacillated between, you know, I'm having a really great day and, you know, I I really, you know, got behind what I committed myself to, but then she would also speak quite honestly and retract that if she felt that she fell short as an accountability yeah. piece, and she took ownership for that. So, you know, it's it just amazing. And uh, you know, right. all that's the other
0: th- part about it, is that deep accountability, which is rare in our world. Right. People, people say they're accountable. They're not accountable at all. Right. But part of the program and part of why she won was because of the fierce accountability.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she held herself to that. I mean, there was Absolutely. times where I thought, geez, Gina, you're being, like, really hard on yourself. But, I mean, she took she took this very seriously and she's obviously reaping the benefits of that because she is being real and she is being honest to herself. And uh, and she, you know, she so much went, she went so far as to say that the award that she received from you and the Academy, um, you know, sometimes it's in the box, sometimes it's out of the box and that's her barometer, <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: yeah. and
1: that's that's her barometer for measuring where she is with her own truth and her authenticity and her accountability. So, but it was nice to hear that it's, out of the box more often than it's in the box. So that's great. Good yeah. And so, okay, so we've talked about that. I, w- I really want to get to your, your most recent book that's doing phenomenally well and has been, you know, sold out, off the charts, needs to be, you know, restocked. Uh, your fiercely loyal book that, uh, like I mentioned in the intro, has received to date 11 five star reviews. That, that's amazing, Dove. So tell me about your book. Tell, tell me a little bit about where people can order it. Um, I've seen a couple of interviews that you've had pertaining to the book. So, so fire away about your book. Well,
0: thank you. Uh, yeah, we, it, I'm very blessed. There's 11 five star reviews on Amazon, and what's pretty cool is that many of those reviews are from high-profile leaders themselves, so I'm, I'm very honored to have those, and you, can, you of course, you can find the book on Amazon. Um, I would also recommend that you go to fiercelyloyalbook.com, so na- the title of my book plus the word book at the end, fiercelyloyalbook.com, and if you go there, you can not only order the book, but there's a bonus there that isn't anywhere else. Um, Because one of the things we talk about, obviously, fiercely loyal, is how do you get people to be fiercely loyal? And part of the thing that's so important to that is how do you get people to bond with your organization, with the leader? And the book, of course, talks all about that. On fiercelyloyalbook.com, there's actually an infographic of a – of a technique, a strategy that I use in the boardroom with the leadership teams, um, which they pay a lot of money for, for that experience and you can download it. It's yours for absolutely free. And here's the thing, even if you've got a very, uh, a very small company, you're a solopreneur, but you're doing uh, a conversation with somebody, you can walk through this same process. If you're an entrepreneur with, you know, three or four, five people working with you, you can do it that way too. So this is not limited to big business. It's, mm-hmm. it's really about how you want to play it. And the the book came out of the – I was working with – have been working with leaders for many, many years, even when I had a personal development company. Uh, privately, I was working with leaders and listening to the challenges they were having and looking at why, what was coming up. And I was hearing constantly, like, why can't I keep de- decent people? Well, how come my talent is going out of the door so fast before we even reap the benefits of how we trained them? And then in uh, a few years ago, I read this global study from CEOs around the world saying that the number one challenge they were facing was that of human capital, meaning how do you find, develop, retain top talent? And so that became the impetus for writing the book was listening to these people moan and complain about not being able to keep them and also listening to them doing the exactly wrong things, the things that don't work with millennials because that's who the top talent is now. It's those people who are at the oldest 35 years old. And in truth, the book talks about how they are now the largest workforce entering the workforce, the the largest influx of generation entering the workforce because guess what? Baby boomers are leaving the workforce at 10,000 per day. Not wow. a week, not a, month, not a year, 10,000 a day. Well, who are they going to be replaced with? They're going to be replaced with millennials. And so you you cannot treat them the way you treated Gen Xs who are now in their 40s and you or, or Generation Xs who are in their late 50s. You can't do that. They're very different. And if you treat them the same, they will walk out of your door, and they'll take all their training and development with you, and guess where they'll go? They'll go to other millennials who are starting businesses.
1: Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So how are you tangibly do because you are international and you are being sought out by people everywhere. Can you tell me about the tangibility of how you're facilitating this training with people who are say in Australia or other parts of the world? Uh what's the process for this?
0: Sure. Well, um first of all we do work with companies internationally meaning we get up and go on a plane and go there. So you know, working with companies that are, uh, based out of South Africa, uh, based out of, uh, uh, Amsterdam, wherever it might be. We've done trainings in the UK, in France, in, 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 uh, Holland around. So we'll get on a plane and we go and we work with the, those leadership teams. We definitely do that. Um, in the leaders, in the work that I do with leaders as a mentor privately, um, some of that is done in person. So, you know, I'll fly into that person or they fly into me or, um, we both fly into a, a place in the middle, so uh with one of them I flew into Toronto and we stayed in a hotel in Toronto. He flew in uh from the UK and I work with him privately in a hotel room for for twenty four hours straight. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, some and of course a lot of it is done over Skype and mm-hmm. uh and ways for us to connect. So nothing gets in the way is what I'm saying. And that's one of the wonderful things about today and the technology is that we can access people far easier than we ever could before
1: right so so what kind of service would you provide to someone like myself who works for myself and i'm just basically it and i'm having a bad day and i don't know whether to stay or go (laughs) right
0: well um the service i was offered somebody who was having a bad day is not much because not much i do with that i mean unless that person is my ongoing client and of course they have a bad day then we pull them out of that very quick but but the work that that i'm doing uh, even with uh, entrepreneurs or solopreneurs um is really about getting inside of their head and finding out what it is that they want to do finding out why they want to do it driving their purpose to doing it getting underneath that and and it by the way um This is not uncommon that I'll start working with somebody who's very certain about why they're doing what they're doing and invariably that's not why they're doing it. It's not the unconscious psychological driver and tapping into that unconscious psychological driver is what changes absolutely everything. And part of the work in that, and this was the same even in the speaker program, is that as the mentor, my job is to create a vision of that person that is far bigger than anything they can create for themselves, and then once we've agreed to moving to that place, my job is to hold their feet to the fire, show them the resources that they have, get the obstacles out of the way, and move them forward. And invariably, that is an enormous challenge, but we, we get them there. One company I've been working with now, I've been working with the CEO for nine years, and his company has grown 500%. His company during the recession grew 100%. I mean, it's phenomenal. One company I was working with, working with a leadership team yesterday, and I was asking them about their numbers. And, and we were sitting down talking about this and saying, you know, it's really weird because I can't say it's specifically this that we learned with you, but here's what's happened. And, you know, those numbers are doubling, constantly doubling. And I said, because here's the deal. When we started working together, this was a half billion dollar business, meaning that they were doing business at a half a billion dollars a year. And I and I know you you as in this organisation are working towards a billion dollars, but my vision is far far bigger than that for mm-hmm. you for your company. So I'm constantly holding them to that and moving them in that direction. But a lot of that is coming from what is the unconscious driver underneath. And then creating this bond, which n- I know nobody else does in the way that I do, creating this bond between them and their bond between them and the vision of where they're going.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this, Dove. You know, if, if it's, if it's corporate and, um, you know, if it's business related that brings you partnered up with these individuals who are seeking you out, uh, to retain To retain, uh, good staff and to keep things current, keep things fresh and to keep it authentic. You know, do you ever encounter a situation where you're dealing with somebody for professional reasons but you realize that the reason why they're professionally not succeeding or they're not off the charts where they could be, should be, it's because they're personally blocked and then it becomes a whole different layer of deconstructing and and having to build the person from the ground up because, you know, you, you can't compartmentalize one aspect of your life and expect to be successful in another. So do you find that there's a lot of layered work going on with what you're doing?
0: There's enormous amounts of layers. That's exactly what I do.
1: Right.
0: Well, there's enormous amounts of layers. That's exactly what I do is I help people to peel past those layers. Um, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to be rude, but I want to um, correct you. Uh, if I may, uh, sure. because people do compartmentalize all the time. There are people who um, I, fortunately, have been blessed to to sit down and work with people who are billionaires, and mm-hmm. they're enormously successful, and it's incredibly compartmentalized because they're fuck ups in all kinds of other ways in their lives. Their right. marriage is in the toilet. They're, they're terrible at relationships. I'll give you a quick example. I was reco- uh, somebody was recommended to come and see me for me to work with them as a mentor, and I have an interview process for that. So just because you want to work with me doesn't mean I will. We need an interview process, and I interview to see whether we can work together. Now this guy walked in. Now I happen to know that this guy was about as close to a billionaire as you could get. He wasn't quite there, but he was, you know, about ten bucks off, right? Mm -hmm. So he was really, really close, and he's in my office um, for what is ostensibly an hour um, interview process. And about twenty minutes in, I said, "We're done." Hmm. And he said, what do you mean we're done? I, I, I paid for an hour, and I said, we're done. And he goes, why? I said, you can't afford me. Hmm. This guy looks at me, of course, like a mental. What, right. what do you mean? I can't afford you. He says, do you know how much I'm, I'm worth? I said, I know exactly how much you're worth. I already did my research on you. I know exactly what you're worth. And he goes, well, why could you, how can you say I, I can't afford you? I said, because you don't know what value is. Hmm. You know what money is. You know what price is, but you don't know a damn thing about value. And so here's the deal. What I offer is far more valuable than I charge. That's Mm -hmm. number one. And you can't recognize value. So guess what? We're going to have a problem. So no, I'm not going to be working with you. And of course he was really pissed off, but I don't care because I don't want to work with somebody who's not willing to look at the value because the value is in getting to the fucking moment. It is in digging down and getting into those deeper layers. Mm-hmm. And so he couldn't see it, and that's fine, no problem. That's actually terrific. And by the way, I have no hard, hard feelings towards that guy. That's that's great. Go away, and when you're ready, <laughs> you know, come back. We'll have a chat. When you really have hit the pain, when you've yeah. fallen off your mountain, whatever that is for you, then you'll you'll go. Oh my God, you know, okay. Because and I've had that. I mean, I had a guy is in my, came to my office a couple of weeks ago, and he said, you know, he had been in for an interview four years before. Mm-hmm. And he said, "He said, 'I'm.'" and I said, why the hell would I take you on? I wouldn't take you on before. He goes, because I realized I was an idiot. And I go, mm-hmm. okay, good. Now we've got to start. Another one, I was at a Christmas party of the guy I told you I'd been working with for nine years. I was at his staff party, and he invites his high-level clients to that. And I'm in that thing, and then suddenly this guy walks in who had been in my office five years before, and he walks up to me and like I did not expect him to because, believe me, he was royally pissed when he left my office the first time. And he walks up to me and he, he says, can I give you a hug? And I said, sure. And he says, you changed my life. And I go, really? We had an hour together. He goes, yep. And I said, do you remember how pissed you were at me? And he says, absolutely. Because he really – um he was not short on um, expletives when <laughs> <laughs> speaking to me. So I'm not talking about he was about upset. He was royally pissed. Right. Um, and as we're having this conversation, his wife comes in, who I also had spoken on the phone because she was royally pissed that I had refused to take him on, and she decided that she was going to play his mom and and get on the phone with the principal and, and try and sort <laughs> this out. And so I sort of you know was very clear with her as well. And it's, and she walks in and she goes, "Dove," like she's my best friend, right. gives me the biggest hug, and she goes, "You you changed our lives." Wow. And all it was, was I just, I just made it really clear. Here's the shit you got to deal with.
1: You made and unless you're willing
0: to go down that road, we're not yeah. going anywhere. So no, I'm not going to work with you. Fantastic. And what I can pay you, I don't need your money. Here's the right. deal. I don't need your money. I need you to be, to be present. Hmm. So it's, it's not all sunshine and roses. You know, because my job is to get people to their truth. And one of the things I say to people all the time, nobody is like the people I work with. Once I take them on, here's the deal. Nobody's going to fight for you as hard as I will. Nobody's going to be in your corner the way I will. I will fight for you to just to the to the bone. I will fight for you and I will fight you in that process if that's what's needed to get you clear when you are resistant to that because I'm going to be your champion and I will not let anything get in the way of that, including your ego. And mm-hmm. you know, that's a, when, when you get that and you realize that somebody will fight for you harder than you've even fought for yourself, that's amazing. It's, it's a wonderful thing to happen because I'm going to, I'm going to pick you up, dust you off and keep you going but to ha- but it also demands a fierce level of accountability and most people are very challenged by that.
1: Okay, Skype hug. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you. I'm receiving it okay. now.
1: Okay, listen, we're going to be we're going to have to wrap up shortly, but what I want to say because I, you know, I've I've watched a lot of your videos and uh I've, you know, watched your journey and um it's been quite fascinating. You know, I, I came to know about you, to be honest, primarily through your relationship with Gina. And uh, once I had the opportunity to meet you and when I saw the changes that, had, the profound changes that had happened in Gina, I got really interested. So I researched you long before I had the radio show and before I wanted to invite you onto the radio show. Um, so one of the YouTube videos that I came across, you know, and I know that you have, uh, you've always had a love and a passion for quantum physics. And so yeah. I, I I happened to watch one of your YouTube videos, and you were talking about Dean Radden. And yep. um, and so you said a couple of things that I thought were quite profound. And, you know, one of the things that you, you said specifically uh, regarding Dean Radden and his research is that, you know, we know before we know. So, yes. you know, the quantum wave to meet our own future Basically, mm-hmm. we, we send that out. We, we send mm-hmm. out a quantum wave to meet our own future and that we know before we know. And the second thing that you said that I thought was quite fascinating was, you know, turbocharging your intuition so that you can trust it because you already mm-hmm. know. And, yeah. you know, so when I had heard, you know, everybody's heard quantum physics and whatnot, and it just sounds so labor intensive and it just sounds like too rocket science and off the chart and stuff. But when you broke it down to those two simple things – I thought, wow, I can certainly understand the fascination with that. And um, so do you want to tell me a little bit about how, and, you know, we've only got five minutes here, but just very briefly because I do want to finish off with giving people your contact information again and regarding your book too, um, just how quantum physics has played its role for you. Yeah,
0: 1984 is when I first came across quantum physics and uh – just became fascinated by it. And there's a great story around that, but we won't have time to go into that. Um, but it, it just became something for me that was so powerful because I had already studied metaphysical study, um, studied, traveled the world to study with different teachers in spirituality and, and metaphysics. And, a lot of that stuff was very woo and I didn't particularly enjoy that. I wanted stuff that was grounded. But here's what was cool. When I came across quantum physics, I found a science behind a lot of this stuff that was very hard to explain spiritually. And for me, it was just a great awakening because it allowed pe- me to just tell people how to do it. And that's why when, you know, my books like The Secret Beyond the Law of Attraction came out, it was because of people contacting me saying, I don't understand the law of attraction. Well, why would you? It's crap. It's just surface level nonsense, but when you understand the quantum physics of how you manifest, which is what I talked about in there, and how it comes from the unconscious belief systems you have, quantum physics makes it all make sense, and it makes it realize that it's just part of everybody's life.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thank you for that. And so we're we're getting down in time here. So can you just uh, remind people again of you know how can people contact you? How can people? What's the best way to get your book? Yeah. Um, how, how can people, you know, seek you out for for speaking, anything?
0: Yeah, thank you, Lisa. Well, you can certainly find the book on Amazon. Again, it's called Fiercely Loyal, How High-Performing Companies Develop and Retain Top Talent. And, as, of course, it's not just for that, but it's for anything that you're doing in your life and your business. Mm-hmm. So, Fiercely Loyal on Amazon. You can also find it at fiercelyloyalbook.com. That's where you'll get that bonus infographic that I told you about, fiercelyloyalbook.com. Mm-hmm. As there, you can contact me. I, of course, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn. All those places you can find me. And if you are looking to bring us in to speak, go to fullmontyleadership.com. Full Monty, like the movie. Fullmontyleadership.com. There you can find my bio. You can find the background on me. You can even find a long version of a video uh, about my speaking. It's all there, right for you. Fullmontyleadership.com. Thanks Perfect. for that, Lisa.
1: Yeah, perfect. And I just want to say, Deb, before we head out, it's been such a pleasure to have you. I think the world of you, as many people do, and uh, at some point I would actually like to have you back on the show if you would be agreeable to that. And uh, and at that point I'm sure we'll have more updates on your successful book and your successful journey and everything else that you're doing to enhance and improve the lives of other people with leadership and authenticity. So I just want to say thank you so much.
0: Thank for, you for having me on Lisa. It's been a real pleasure being it's here. It's
1: absolutely been a pleasure having you, Deb. So I I just want to say to listeners, for anybody who would like to be uh, a guest on my show or for anybody who has any show topic ideas, I'd love to hear from you. I can be reached at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. And McDonald is M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D. This is Carp Diem. I'm your host, Lisa McDonald. Look forward to seeing you next Friday, 11.04 Eastern Standard Time. Dove, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk soon. Take care, everybody. Have a wonderful day. You've been listening to Carpe Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald. For more information, please go to Lisa's website at lisamcdonaldauthor.com.